0: Welcome to Irish Illustrated Insider from Dallas, Texas, brought to you by Catanzarite Financial Services and Anderson Agostino and Keller. I'm Tim Priester with Tim O'Malley and Pete Sampson from the beautiful Omni here in Dallas overlooking downtown Dallas. And uh, we have returned from um Notre Dame's media day at AT&T Stadium had access to a bunch of players most of which we chose to bypass because we've <laughs> talked to them so much O'Malley and myself and, and uh, Pete as well I've spent a lot of time talking to freshmen for post Cotton Bowl interviews but uh Pete and I have been here Samson or uh, rather O'Malley got here a little bit late we'll get into that a little bit more in segment 2 when we take our questions from our readers but um just some of your thoughts. I, I, I would first express some of my thoughts about Brian Kelly. He seemed to be feeling pretty good about himself in AT&T Stadium taking questions. I, he's proud of where they are, and uh, he does not think that they have – somebody asked him if he had anything – if they had anything to prove, and he pretty much said that he thinks they've proven it up to this point.
1: Which should be his answer. I mean, that you shouldn't say we have something to prove in this situation.
2: No, I mean, and I think that the – storyline about whether Notre Dame is the underdog or that, you know, we talked to Mustafer about that yesterday and, you know, he's like, well, they don't play the games in Vegas and thank God that they don't. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Um, that would be fine if this game was in Vegas. <laughs> he was, uh, that's not what he I,
0: meant. Pete. No, <laughs> I just,
2: I just don't think Notre Dame views itself as an underdog at all. Um, you know, certainly not in line with a 13 12 11 point spread um and I, I I feel like that is a difference compared to Alabama in 2012 to a certain extent um and certainly you know, I mean you, you go back to you know maybe some of the Ohio State games I, I think going into that you felt like the talent level was significantly in favor of who Notre Dame was playing now I now I'm not sure I really feel that way um I think it's this is just another big game that Notre Dame is going to
1: play in. Yeah, the, the spread is odd to me. I, I mean I know why it's there, because if Clemson plays their best, that game could be a tight game all the way through and then Clemson's speed can kinda get you gets away from you late type thing. So sure. I think that's why you can that's why you have to inflate the spread a little bit if you're Vegas. But yeah, I d I don't I, I Anna Hickey and I went back up a few questions and there's a few times where I looked at you know, you're just you're just using questions to try and frame the game and there was a couple where I thought I don't believe this to be the case whatsoever. I might be totally wrong. Like, there's something. Can Notre Dame's receivers be physical enough against Clemson's corners? And I thought, of, of course, course they, they can. can be. Yes. And of course the defensive line can be physical enough against Clemson's offensive line. Now, the one question still remains that I am on the opposite side of. I do not think Notre Dame's offensive line. Is physical enough to handle Clemson's defensive line, but you can still win a football game. Yes, despite that one that well, the, one issue.
0: The, to me, this goes back to, I, I, I think I, it was a Thursday thoughts. Short, I think it might have been the Thursday after Notre Dame accepted, or, or was paired up with Clemson, and, and I said you don't want Notre Dame thinking of themselves as underdogs. And, and I know that they're they're. We've talked to the players, and a few of them, you know, chip the whole chip on your shoulder thing. I get that, but you don't want them thinking of themselves as underdogs you're not going to compete with a, a 53 and 4 program if that's how you view yourself so um yeah I, I mean i i think that that's i think that's what we're looking at i think we're looking at a confident football team that feels that they're going to win that the point spread is a pick and uh i think that's how you want Notre Dame viewing this matchup
2: yeah i mean i don't even think because I think to your point, where that where that leads, if you feel like you're an underdog, is this pressure to play perfect. And I don't think Notre Dame feels like they have to play the perfect game to beat Clemson. They just have to play a good
0: game. They have and to they've, play played, ver-
2: they've played a bunch of good games this year already. <laughs>
0: they have to play very well. Yeah, the, the whole idea of perfection... I I don't think they're looking at it that
1: way. I don't either, and I I can't stand it when teams do in football. It's 75, 80 plays. You are not going to be dominant and perfect on every play. I understand that the the process is after the play is over, the new play starts, and you look to dominate on that play. But it was good to talk to the offensive linemen today, and I just kind of hit them with they give up two yards of carry. You're not going to have success on 80 consecutive snaps what is the mindset of this team? They You're said, not going have- to
0: have success on the majority of your running points. Right.
1: And and they were, no, it, it is always the next play for us. It's not a, he, Alex Barr has pointed it out. Of all people, he's like, you, you see our fist bumps. That's not job. Well done. That means get on with the next play. Cause you messed up. Right. So it's an interesting way. They, 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 they don't have this false pretense that we're going to be perfect on every play, but they believe it'll be perfect on the next play. And I think, you're going to get some frustration with Clemson more than other teams. If, if Pittsburgh and Northwestern can have 19 and 20 stuffs on you, you're going to have at least that against Clemson. You just have to get past it and move on to the next play because then then you're even it out. Then your talent level can shine through on the plays that matter.
0: Right, absolutely. Uh, you know, I, I did a story with Ian on Ian Book. And Pete, now you, you and I were actually in different rooms, so uh, I don't know you know, if, if he approached the he, the interview the same way when, when I spoke with him, but I thought it was telling that every time somebody brought up something about Clemson and how good they were, he paid them their due and immediately went into why they're confident, why they think they can handle that situation. And I think that that's, it's just words, you know, today and yesterday, it's just words. I get that, but I, but I, but I like the approach um, that that he seemed to be taking that. Yeah, we acknowledge they're good, but we're good too, and we're going to play well. We're going to play well against a very good football team.
2: Yeah, I, I think it goes back to something we've said on previous podcasts since the the matchups came out. Is this Notre Dame's toughest opponent of the year? Yes. Is this Clemson's toughest opponent of the year? Also, yes. Um, and I, I I think that the mentality story is, is probably more interesting from the Clemson side. I don't think any of us know Clemson well enough to have a sense of that, but. Talking to people who, I guess, sort of know people around Clemson, there is this, like, already looking ahead to Alabama type of vibe there. Not from everybody, but from some. And I think if there's a mentality that may affect the game one way or the other, maybe maybe that's it. Um, you know, you certainly have the Dexter Lawrence situation. That's been sort of the big news of the week down here. Will he play? Won't he play? Um, you know, that's, that's a big difference from Notre Dame's news of the week where Brandon Wimbush is... So he's doing
0: something we knew he was going to do. Exactly. <laughs>
2: uh, not that big of a story. I mean, it's an interesting story, but um, I, I think from Clemson's perspective, it's uh, there in look, I think in some ways they've kind of earned the right to look at Absol- Alabama a, a little bit. You know? Absolutely. They if, made if, a quarterback
1: Nor- change in week four for Alabama. Week five. They, Notre Dame made yeah, a change because right. they Dame's, needed to get better. Right. Clemson made a change for Alabama in two and a half months. Notre Dame
0: did it to make the playoffs. Yeah. They did it to win it, to win to it. Win. Yes. I, Yes. I, I, I. If if Notre Dame were in the same situation, playing their sixth playoff game for the seniors and fifth-year seniors, they would probably be, in, in some of the words that they choose to share with the media, sounding like they were looking past opponent A as well. It's just human nature. If you're Clemson, hell yeah, you feel like you're going to beat Notre Dame. Notre Dame, I mean, they've never been here before. We know this. So I get that. I, Pete, I, I agree that I think that um, I, that human nature may play to Notre Dame's advantage a little bit, uh, but but, again, but it's like not because of Notre Dame; it's because
2: the human nature is Clemson. like a negative for Clemson. Yes, uh, yes, to being no, a positive for Notre yes, Dame. Yes, no,
0: I would I would agree with that. Uh, anything else uh, from the media sessions that you want to bring up? Julian Love, uh, I always thought he would go pro. Today was the first time I feel like
2: he won't. Um, I, I think O'Malley asked him yes. the same question I did. Uh, Basically, I said so you got a second round grade just fishing for the fact that he probably got a second round grade and he's like yeah i mean it was the second round and i got a little bit of a a third round go back to school feedback as well which that surprised me i thought maybe he would get like a some first some second based on who he wanted to take advice from um and i asked about next year and immediately started about being a captain next year and how that's important to him and then that that would be a big reason to come back and then he's like I mean, I guess going leaving could be good too, but it was it was he knew coming back would be good. He thinks going pro might be good, but um, I, today was the first day. I came away thinking like they're gonna get everybody. I back I was gonna next say year.
0: that sounds like there's the potential for a clean sweep, which would be pretty remarkable. Well, because now they won't
1: be 13-point in any. No, next they, year.
0: no, they won't. Uh, now, if they were to go on and beat Clemson and Alabama.
1: Love these there might like be there
0: might be a different feeling coming that's out trouble. from yeah, from Love fair. and Kareem and, and and people like that. That's that's a those odds are steeper than thirteen, maybe of, of that actually happening. And
1: to follow up, I did ask Ian Book at the end. Um, did you get feedback? Did you put your name in for feedback? And I tried to couch it a little bit so he would answer me. Turns out I didn't need to couch it at all, but I just, just so you could get feedback on what you might need to work on. He goes. I would love to have feedback on on what I need to work on. I think we all need that, but my name I didn't get I didn't I didn't put my name in. It's not up to him to put his name in. It's up to the coaching staff. And
0: there's a limit of 5. There's a limit of
1: 5. <laughs> he was the 6th very wisely, I would say by the head coach, right?
0: Uh, so it, Ian Book's name was
1: not put was in like I thought was possible.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I mean I mean well somebody's got to make that decision who the 5 are and yeah. it it obviously would be Brian Kelly. He probably I presume. thought
1: Ian Book is the least likely. Well, if First of all, he'd be wise not to put Ian Book's name in, but logically, Ian Book's the least likely of those guys to go pro early. Right now, he's had nine good games. Right?
0: Yeah, he's he has eight starts this and year. And he's not
1: built like a like a go early. You, you could be a pro quarterback without being built like a pro quarterback that leaves early. Right. If That's Justin
2: f- Herbert at Oregon comes, he's coming back, which he is. <laughs> right. As then like Ian a top Book five. Should, pick, <laughs> then Ian Book really should also yes. return. Yes.
0: This doesn't mean you won't be good someday. It means no. don't go pro early. No, no, this is true. Um, last thing, I guess in this segment, we'll get into questions. We have a bunch of them. Um, I thought it was kind of interesting, the reaction of some of the Clemson players about the Dexter Lawrence news. They kind of like made jokes about it. Um, Trevor Lawrence said that, you know, as you can tell the, I mean, basically saying, as you can tell, I don't take any performance enhancing (laughs) drugs. Um, Christian Wilkins I think was a little bit more serious about it that, uh, um, you know, he doesn't think that Dexter Lawrence needs it. He's six four, three fifty. I, I'm just, I have no idea whether Dexter Lawrence is is telling the truth or not. But, you know, getting to six four, three fifty, whether could could have uh, could I mean, have required a little bit of help along the way. I'm not accusing
2: whatsoever. But I think I talked to him in high school at the opening, and he was already six four, three twenty. So that was three years ago. Right, so
0: he could have been... (laughs) Ten pounds a year seems reasonable. Uh, uh, Osterine is is the drug. uh, I I
2: mean, I guess, like, my perspective on that is, like, it it may have been an unintentional positive test on on Lawrence's part. That doesn't, like, but in some ways that's, that's too bad. You know, that in college football today, you have to watch out what you put in your body if you unintentionally put something like it's not something that came from Clemson's training room. That would make me feel a little bit differently. Like, he went out and took a supplement that, you know, maybe he thought was good, and it turned out to be bad. I, I'm not really sure, but I guess it's just a situation that I do I do feel bad for Dexter Lawrence. I think it, it, it's a crappy situation for him. Um, you know, but as Notre Dame has found out, the NCAA has, is kind of a weird arbiter of justice sometimes.
1: I have no idea if Dexter Lawrence took it. Yeah. There's no reason to cast any aspersions. Nope. I would say most of the time when someone's caught with a positive drug test, they probably had something in their system, right? right? Yeah. Uh, uh, Unwittingly yeah. or not. Uh, I mean, it's...
0: Yeah, one, one would think so. Yeah. We will talk more about Dexter Lawrence, the impact on Clemson and Notre Dame in segment two of Burning Up the Boards.
3: Before history
0: is written, Bobby Orr, behind the of it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday.
3: The college football playoffs are here, and getting tickets online can be far too complicated. With hundreds of sites and varying levels of reliability, it's hard to know who to trust. That's why SeatGeek is the way to go. SeatGeek pulls millions of tickets into one place so you can easily find the seats you want for a price you're willing to pay. There's nothing quite like being there in person, and SeatGeek will get you closer to the action for a great value. SeatGeek is designed to make your ticket buying experience easier than ever. By searching multiple ticket sites and grading every ticket based on value, SeatGeek helps you immediately identify the best seats that fit your budget. Plus, every purchase is fully guaranteed, so you can shop for tickets on SeatGeek with confidence. Make SeatGeek your go-to ticket source for everything from sports and concerts to comedy and theater. Best of all, Irish Illustrated listeners get $10 off their first SeatGeek purchase. Just download the SeatGeek app and enter promo code IRISH today. That's promo code I-R-I-S-H for $10 off your first SeatGeek purchase. SeatGeek, life's an event, we have the tickets.
0: Irish Illustrated listeners get $10 off your first SeatGeek purchase. Just download the SeatGeek app and enter promo code IRISH today. That's promo code I-R-I-S-H for ten dollars off your first SeatGeek purchase. Segment two is burning up the boards. We start with the first question from from at JJ Depot. Did Tim O'Malley make it? <laughs> I guess we could have. I guess we've answered that already. But what was it? <laughs> what, what was it? Yeah. What was the scene at the Tulsa Airport Bar? It was, it
1: was happening. It was happening because uh, after we weren't the only people diverted <laughs> flying yeah. over the Dallas airspace into lightning storms. So after trying to land in Little Rock, we hit Tulsa. Spent about six and a half hours there before learning that there would indeed be transportation via the bus that had to come from Oklahoma City two hours later, and I rolled into Dallas Love Field 7 a.m. just in time to get here for media day. <laughs> to leave at 8:30
0: so for the the up. stadium. I am well. There fresh were and feeling fine. Right yeah, now, <laughs> there were there were rains of. There was rain and lightning of b- biblical proportions in Dallas last night. I got
1: a few texts and tweets last night saying, dude, you're not getting in." I don't know what's going on there. Yeah, but it, no, was it was bad.
0: Sad. I was actually, uh, I was driving in it, fortunately, for only about 10 or 15 minutes. But I was driving in it and couldn't see where I was going, basically. So it was it was rough here. And the lightning, you know, we know a bowl game was canceled yesterday. And it it was played at the old Cotton Bowl uh, back where I used to cover Nordham Cotton Bowls, and uh, there was absolutely nothing they could do it. Once the lightning started yesterday afternoon, it, didn't it, stop. Wa- it did not stop.
1: I will say that um, my train ride from Baltimore unplanned train ride from Baltimore to Manhattan was more enjoyable than my five-hour bus ride last night that is not the way to travel anymore in America no <laughs> it was, uh,
0: so you're saying that that it was bus, a charter but it was that bus was not as comfortable as the one that we rode to the stadium today no, no, no it wasn't various yeah.
2: fares no expense this, this yeah. season has been a college football playoff worthy travel uh, yes. itinerary in terms of the destinations but more of a three and nine season in terms of getting there execution
0: yeah yes. next more. year next year guys there are only three flights yeah Three flights, well, you Georgia. Know
1: Pete and I are going. Then you've heard, right? We only travel games. You have to fly to. If you know.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay, Wash. ND is the, is the game against Clemson the most important game for Brian Kelly, and is his legacy at Notre Dame considering Notre Dame's big game postseason failures against Alabama and Ohio State?
2: Uh, the only will this be the biggest answer I would give is this will be the biggest Notre Dame win since Florida State ninety three. That's that's I think the only historical perspective I'd be willing to put. And so for the, would it so would it be Brian Kelly's biggest win? Yes. Um but
0: does it I don't know. His, I mean, we're talking the, legacy here yeah, now and like, I think he needs Yeah. Yeah, he I think he needs two wins if you're talking legacy. If he
1: yeah, if it's legacy he needs two wins. If it's his biggest win at Notre Dame, clearly this is his biggest win at Notre Dame. That's yeah. not even a that there's no point to argue and I think you made a good, good point about 93 because everything else has been all of the big big huge games have been losses
0: you mean all of the signature they, wins that
1: they were all losses anything signature <laughs> anybody wants to talk about and pretend they were just really good wins the signature win you could have had I mean who knows what Florida State two thousand fourteen would have meant as a signature win if Florida State loses in the playoffs anyway. Oklahoma in twelve. But it was but the Florida State was a defending champ twenty six in a row mm. or whatever. It was just such a big deal. Um I, I you know, Clemson's interesting because that became like their signature win. That there's been stories written about it. Yeah. Um
0: Yeah, I was I never a, thought I, of it that way. I didn't either. I game. was actually kind of surprised to hear it framed that way. This
1: would be I, I get the point of the question though, because people just associate this Notre Dame team with getting It's butt kicked by Alabama six years ago, which makes no sense. Right? Yes. So that in that way it would just beating Clemson would erase the Notre Dame can't doesn't deserve to be here thing. You beat Clemson, you clearly deserve to be in the playoffs. It doesn't mean if you lose to Alabama that there's something wrong with your program. (laughs) It's just look if you beat Clemson, you belong.
0: Yeah, it, but but when but legacy when when you when you Different, throw around yeah. the word legacy in order to be put with the names Rodney Leahy, per, oh yeah, Percy uh, per and Holtz, you've got you've got to win, you to you've win. just got to win a national win. title. So yeah, legacy, exactly. to me, requires two more wins. Ne win, yeah. Davis, how often do you think we will see two back sets with a fully healthy backfield, and what other wrinkles should we expect?
1: I don't know how often, but I like Jafar Armstrong if he's healthy being involved in this game plan the way they kind of envisioned when he was rolling along and Dexter Williams was about to come back, and then they just never really got to be in sync, I do think he will be I think it's, I don't know if it's a wrinkle because clubs will be ready for everything after a month but it's Mm -hmm. something that Notre Dame can can feature without it being some made up message board, hey, can we send a couple guys deep (laughs) he's the actual guy that can impact the game
2: Yeah, this is different than the, are you going to see Lawrence Keyes, Breed and Lenzie question (laughs) Um, I, I think you'll see it a little bit, but it will be a wrinkle, I also think that is this might sound strange, but I think the two tight end set is a wrinkle because Cole Komet is healthy for the first time since early September. I agree. Um, I, and to me, like who who are who am I most intrigued with impacting the game? Jafar Armstrong or Cole Komet? To me, it's Cole Komet.
0: I would agree that that's more likely, but I do think that Jafar Armstrong uh, uh, appearance here or or usage will be. It, I, I mean, I really think it's going to be. I don't know if I'd say significant, but it will be a part of it. I think we're more in tune. I, yeah, Tim, th- is Clemson aware of it? Yes, they are. But Notre Dame's barely used it. I yeah, only. I think yeah. it was just two games, right? I mean, just two games where you used, where you, you had a series of really using two backs, and it, it was successful in, in both situations. So, I it. It's a, it's kind of a pick to click kind of thing for me that I think that a healthy Jafar Armstrong will play a meaningful role in this game.
1: I guess I think if you say Cole Commander Jafar Armstrong, I think both. So maybe I think it's more of a role. Maybe there's more of a thing going on with these, with this question than. You gave credence. Do you say mm-hmm. Cole Comet? You might say Deferre. I'm Armstrong. I actually think they're both going to play. Yeah, there's, there's no reason. The I, I, I mean, think both. They're...
2: I think both should impact the offense. And yeah. if that does, that's a healthy thing for Notre Dame. I and mean, Chip Long said it multiple times in this last month. Like they've never really had everybody together. Right. And ultimately, they never will have had everybody together because Bars has been hurt. But and just he... like the offensive skill guys, the the Armstrong Comet, that that has not. Those guys have not featured at the same time really all year.
0: And it's two years in a row where Chip Long has wanted to utilize yeah. two back sets and hasn't been able to do it because the injury Tony Jones last year and Jafar Armstrong this year. So it'll be interesting at star s- civic Frank star Vic Frank. <laughs> yeah. If you take away Dexter Lawrence, which defensive line is better Nordame or Clemson? I
2: don't know, but it's a fair question, which is probably the most significant thing of the yes, question. It's a good Maybe way of, of putting all it.
1: We've talked about so far. This is the yep. most significant. Yeah. Thing. I,
0: I, I would yes. still take Christian Wilkins over Jerry Tillery, just the full body of work. Yes. Right? Yes. Yeah, that's a that's you know I think I think, I think the Farrell oquara comparison is pretty damn comparable.
1: I, I, I really I, I probably will rue the day I really like Aquara. <laughs> natu- that's no, at a that's national, fine. At a yeah, club, no, that's I think fine. But that but it's yeah.
0: comparable. Um, yeah. And I, you know, I think I think Kareem Austin Bryant's comparable. I
1: think the two Notre Dame guys are up Maybe and coming not as much and as you the as other you. guys are. Um, I think the two Kareem O'Quara yeah. are more up and coming. Yeah. And I think they can raise the level, those guys are already at that level is mm-hmm. the fairest way to say that. If you're gonna to be totally objective, Farrell and Bryant are at the level we think I think Aquara and Kareem are getting to.
2: Yeah. It's, if if like saying. eligibility was no concern, if you could give me a year older Aquara and a year older Kareem, then yeah, that's think, a good point. you know yeah. next year. I think Clemson's defensive line is still better because it's also they bring if they bring in Huggins to replace um, Dexter Lawrence,
0: that is not a scrub that they have he, a I think
2: backups he, he would still be I think he would still be better, better than, than Bonnish or Bonner. Yeah. Yes, I would agree so, with that. Yeah.
0: Pinkney I don't like but Huggins I do. Okay. I and and I and I think that that would be true. That would be an advantage for them in that comparison. So, so is, still still Clemson but
2: Notre Dame in with a
0: show. Yeah.
1: And I think as much as Dalen Hayes I like Dalen Hayes when he's going well. I mean Clemson Clemson's rotation is the reason their defensive line is well, so good. Thomas is Thomas
0: are. is their third defensive end and he was he's a he was a five star, I believe. Yeah, yes. they have
1: forces coming in off the bench. Yeah. Uh So that's it's got. I don't know stuff. that
0: he's played like a five star, at least the f- the film that I saw. But see, he's still oh, a five star, and he's, else, a fr- yeah. and he's a and he's a and he's a freshman.
1: At Struggle Bus Gus, he gets a lot of questions recently. Uh, well, there's there?
0: one, there's one more there yeah, on, Dexter Lord, so.
1: more on Dexter Lawrence. More oh, on Dexter Oh, way to go, Cayman! Mm-hmm. Also gets a lot of questions. He here, does.
0: You may at... be blind at this point. Yeah, see, yeah, you I didn't I see know. that. This,
1: this font is not working for me. More Dexter Lawrence. How does the Dexter Lawrence situation change your perception of the game, and how do you think this alters Notre Dame's gameplay? I
2: don't. Um, I mean, Chip Long was asked about this a bunch. Said basically, not really. Sam Mustapher was asked, said not really. And I, I don't know if the there's a huge impact other than just like your plays might be more successful um, running up the middle. Um, you know, strategically, I think the only change is like maybe you can cheat Musterfer over to Wilkins more to help Kramer. And leave Banks to deal with Huggins. I think they
0: were going to do that anyway. Yeah, but just, you could do that a little bit more. Okay. You know. Yeah, I agree. I agree. with that.
1: Yeah, I think not as much game plan as the actual impact, which is what matters more. Right. To me. Uh, it does. <laughs> the results on no. the field right. rather than what the yeah. plan was. Yeah, it's it's like
2: a, I mean the changes. You're probably more likely to have second and five after a run play than second and ten that's, after a run play. Yes, that's a good way of putting that's, it. It's a big change. You know? I will.
0: Okay, I will go with at struggle bus Gus more two tight ends from Notre Dame to try to help neutralize Clemson's defensive line. More two-back sets to try and create mismatches on, on, at the second level or a good mixture of both?
2: I mean, mixture of both, but I think the I wouldn't phrase the question that way. I would say more two-tight end sets to take advantage of Clemson's safeties and linebackers, not more two-tight ends to help pass
0: protect. Yeah, I think the whole, you know, keep tight ends in, I'm not sure that Chip, I think Chip Long's more inclined to, to, to use a quick passing game. Than to keep tight ends in, I don't think he really wants to do that.
2: I agree. He hasn't really done
0: a yeah. whole no. lot all year, right? No, I, mean. I, I no, I don't think so. I think it's more of a tempo and tempo plus approach to your passing game.
1: And I like uh, Cole Komet's future as a blocker, but I don't think it's going to look that good if he stays in and Christian Wilkins loops around the side. I think that would be a, yeah. you don't need him getting in Christian Wilkins' way for one tenth of a second. He could go down the field and make a yeah. play. That's I mean, yeah. seriously, getting two tight ends to chip Christian. I think when Ernie fans see Christian Wilkins get off blocks, they're going to be like, oh, that's what they meant by they have the best defensive line. It's a different world. Like, the Aquara-Kareem thing against Bryant and Farrell makes some sense. The Wilkins-Tillery, no, is not in the realm of the same sport that they are operating in. When <laughs> Christian Wilkins is a
0: He's, monster. I mean, he is... is
1: hand. I mean, Tillery has some great moments. So I'm not sure. Yeah. Christian Wilkins but, is but Tillery,
0: lo- I mean, when Tillery leveled off. He just, he just did. He leveled off. Uh Wilkins, from what I could see, uh, was really good start to finish every step of the way. Yes. Uh, this one should
1: be for you, Tim. I'll read this one because you have the answer, I believe, right? At Woo Ric Flair, you talk to him. Will Myron Tagovailoa-Amosa get 20 snaps? Yeah,
0: Pete and I actually both talked to him, and it certainly sounds like he's the number two defensive tackle. I asked him, what are you, 80%, 85%? He said 100%. I'm like, 100%. He said, no, I really – he says he is – He's practiced. Uh, he, I mean, he didn't. Re- he didn't want to say I'm number two ahead of of Adamiola, but mm-hmm. he kind of did anyway. Um, I, it certainly sounded like to me and Pete. I got chime in. I mean, yeah, I, no, think, I, I think the, we. I got the
2: same vibe from yeah. him, and I think it is a different vibe than Jerron Jones or Durham Smythe in the Fiesta Bowl. Uh, a couple years ago, where Smythe got hurt against Virginia, and then Jerron Jones got hurt in the preseason, I think, Yeah. and they was like, oh, they're going to play, they're going to help us, they're going to do something, and then you talk to him at the bowl site, and you're like, I'm not getting a vibe that you're actually going to do anything. Yeah. Uh, with with vailoa Amosa, I came away thinking he's going to play, not 50 snaps, not no, 30 snaps, but like, he will give you 10 to 15, maybe 20, like... Quality snaps.
0: Yeah, I hesitate at 20 because, I mean, unless somebody's changing positions, that means Tillery's off the field in a game of this magnitude. Yeah. You're going to want to avoid taking Tillery off the field. I hope so, he
1: rotates out less. I know it's some of it's in my mind because they score touchdowns when Tillery's out. <laughs> so I think, yeah. why is he not in the game? But I, I would think that that would be maybe you don't want to do that immediate first quarter substitution of Jerry Tillery against Clemson on their first drive like they did against USC. But that goes back to... What Chip Long said and what we all noticed. Talk all about the great strength and conditioning, and Notre Dame has it, but they were tired, man, against USC. Like those were tired football teams out there, and Chip Long brought it up, right? And, we were ta- and that's why they were rotating guys, and we were getting mad.
0: The same way, I, I thought Clemson looked like a tired football yeah. team against South Carolina in their last game You're allowed to. Yes, <laughs> at Brooks Beer One. What is the vibe there in Dallas around the team? Confident? Yes. Seems like it. Yeah, yeah. I think so. And it goes back to what we were saying in segment one that I- yeah, I think there's a good feeling, and and. I don't. I don't. I don't want. Don't think of yourself as an underdog. I mean, I don't, I don't want that. Who wants that? Uh, I, I think they're a confident football People team. People on
2: message boards.
0: Yeah. Um, and and l- let me tie in another question with that from Maddie Mill, three twenty four. Compare your pregame feeling of two thousand twelve versus Alabama to your pregame feeling of this game.
2: Well, uh, against Alabama, I predicted <laughs> them to lose by ten points at least, maybe fourteen, and I was obviously way wrong. Um, you don't even like to take credit for that. No, right it's just like I was like the spirit of the pick was way off. Um, this game, I'm not sure who I'm going to pick. So, again, that's a big difference.
1: I will never forget when Alabama walked in i and <laughs> thinking to myself, oh, huh, seems a little different than what I was. I didn't like, think they had no... humans. my mine, mine, like mine
0: was uh, more the pregame when we were on the field for yeah. about three hours and it was like, what? Because I picked Norton. What did I do? What in the world did I do? I agree. Pete, I agree. I mean, I,
1: There's some support bars in this ballroom right now, and that was DJ Fluker's arms. If you looked yeah. right there, that was just DJ Fluker walking around <laughs> at right tackling. Well, you know what? This is an issue. I don't, I don't think this is a good thing. And that's what I yeah. saw on the field, too.
2: I mean, there have been uh, tons of players have been around, obviously, at the media day today and then also at the, at the hotel yesterday. Like, nobody, there's no Jamarcus Russell walking around. Like, Dexter Lawrence is huge and Christian Wilkins is big but i'm not sure like even uh, farrell was in here yesterday mm-hmm. i mean he's a good looking prospect and certainly is more physically developed than julian oquara but it it wasn't like you're were, you were looking at somebody who's just a, a genetic freak like i mean even a jalen smith type yeah there's not um i don't like think yeah, you looked at Mike McGlinchey and quentin, quentin nelson, nelson and you just and you thought this like, is like, a different <laughs> yeah. um i don't i don't feel like clemson is they have some of those guys, but not to the level that Alabama did.
0: I would imagine if Tanner Muse walked in yesterday, he would have been impressive physically as well.
1: Stunting a safety.
2: Six,
0: yeah, 6'2", yeah, two, 225 safety. But then, then you turn the film on, and that's a guy that Notre Dame can and plans on exploiting. Yeah. They, in order to win, that's a guy that they have to exploit. And
1: they're interesting when you talk about Clemson and safeties and stuff. Got to exploit them. It's only because you can't really exploit others. You can get yeah. the weak-side linebacker and the safeties, but it's still relatively speaking. It's not like you're looking at the field and saying, oh, gosh, look at this giant yeah. they have there. Yeah. It's just they're not future pros.
0: At CPB, what do you expect Notre Dame to do on defense? Hopefully not a similar game plan to USC. Ben, don't ben, but don't break. Wait for mistakes.
2: I think the first drive of the game will be almost exactly like USC, and I, I talked to Trevor Lawrence about this yesterday. Um, How about, dare you give away the plan. Yeah. He said, <laughs> by the way, I have Clark <laughs> Lee's playbook. Um, that... Notre Dame takes away the big play. That's what they're they're built to do. You guys are a big play offense. Do you is your mentality basically okay? We got our strength needs to be better than your strength, or we'll give you that and take something else. And and he said, you know, we're more than happy to go ten to twelve plays because we can do that. And then if a guy makes a huge play at some point, we think we have the athletes to do that too. Um, I you know on the list of things that are most important, one blocking Christian Wilkins is one. But two is Notre Dame's quarterback cornerbacks have to win one-on-one matchups all game. Like the 50-50 balls, like Clemson can't have more than two of those. Um,
1: and they'll get one for sure. And they'll There's get the one idea. for
2: sure. But I think that, that, I think that Notre Dame will be content, at least at the beginning of the game, to play it like they did at USC. And if, if Clemson goes down the field and kicks a field goal, well, I think Notre Dame would, would take that as a win on, a, on an opening drive.
1: And I asked, um, because of this, I asked Julian Love and Pride about just knowing we're going to see a lot of it. Playing off, you're defending those look screens that we find so annoying watching modern college football. Julian Love basically said, Troy Pride gave me a long answer about technique and everything, and Julian Love said, I don't, I don't find look screens hard to defend. I see it, I attack it, and the guy that I usually play with, Elohi Gilman, sees it and attacks it. And that's how, hey, we might get beat at some point, but we are not going to sit back and let this look screen block set up with a real fast player yeah. in space. He said, if you wait for that, you're giving up yards.
0: Well, I think, you know, I, I don't think Notre Dame approaches it exactly the same way because Clemson's not USC. They're not, they're not turnover prone and they're not penalty prone. I do think they'll be
1: conservative. Like Pete said, though. It's no, I, a no, yeah, I, I, mixing, I agree. I it agree in. with that yeah. because
0: I don't think you want to, I don't think you suddenly come into this game and play left-handed. Notre Dame's not a press corner. Defense, so you, you have to be smart about it. You can't let you can't let Higgins and Ross beat you deep either. The same way you couldn't let Vaughn's and, and Saint Brown and that crew beat you deep. So there's a happy medium there. But but Clemson's not USC, so you can't take the same approach. So they're not just going to. You can't say okay over the course of sixty minutes. They're going to commit penalties and turnovers, and we're going to find right. a way to win the game.
1: And I certainly think it's the adjustment that's going to matter, not the not the first drive game plan going in. I mean, it's what Clark Lee brings as the game. When they get a feeling for, hey, we can handle this guy. We can. Billy Love says this a lot. Go into a game, go to the sidelines after the first drive, talk to each other. Can you handle this? Do you need anything? I can handle this guy. Like they, you know, they said they have honest conversations. Like we get, we got this against Syracuse. They said.
0: Let's yeah. just go. Let's just go they knew. I think we're they against
1: USC. Di- I'm not sure they were the first driver. Like, hey, I got this guy. Probably, <laughs> yeah. probably
0: not. They diagnosed Syracuse right away. from the very beginning, and they they there was blood and water with Syracuse. I mean, Syracuse yeah. showed fear, and they took advantage of it. ND1012. Do you think Notre Dame's offensive line can protect Ian Book long enough for the Irish receivers to get separation from Clemson's secondary? How long are the routes? Yeah, I think that's what it are depends upon.
2: Slants and short stuff. No, I don't think it's a problem because. I, nobody in Clemson's front runs a two one forty. They're not going to get to Ian Book that fast. The the deep stuff that's quick. Bro. Yeah, the deep stuff. Eh, it that that could be a challenge. I mean, but that's why I just look. Ian Book is okay throwing the deep ball. I think probably better than uh, Twitter and message boards think, but. That's He's still had some famous misses, yeah. But that's still not the strength of his game. Um, the strength of his game is the short stuff, and the short stuff is the best way to sort of mitigate Clemson's defensive line speed.
1: There's certainly catch and run, they get 20 yards because of catch and runs at Notre Dame with Ian Book. It's just it's a rhythm offense, and it's here. Here's the thing when it's third to nine, I won't be confident that Notre Dame is going to drop back and complete a pass, but when it's a non obvious passing down, I, I am confident that Ian Book will
0: be effective. Re- regardless the depth of the route, Ian Book gets rid of that ball quicker than just yeah. about anybody. Whether it's 5, 10, 15, 20, he gets rid of it quickly. That's what makes him so effective. Right. It's- so you know, if it's a if it's a 17 yard route, he throws it a beat ahead of what mm-hmm. many quarterbacks do. Mm-hmm. So,
1: and I think Chip Long's ability to keep absolutely the pass rush off balance yeah. is what comes into play here. It's not just keeping him off balance with your three wide receivers. It's, now it's everything else. Are they
0: you know are they going to hold him without sack? Well, obviously no, no, not third and because 14, they're, yeah,
1: yeah going yeah. be your on.
0: They're <laughs> going to turn those guys loose and they're going to have a little bit of success. But I'm, that is one thing. That, that's why I've said all along. I'm more concerned about Clemson's ability to run the football and then Notre Dame dealing with the pass rush because I know that Chip Long will adjust and call the game plan according to that.
2: Yeah, no, I think that's there's a big... Uh, Notre Dame's having Tavon Coney or Drew Trenko get moved out of the box by formation. That's something that I'm going to be watching quite yeah. a bit on Saturday. That's, yeah. a, that's a concern.
0: At training underscore Dave, which one of the following... I mean, I'm just got a problem on my screen here. Okay. Which one of the following would you like to see happen? One, Dexter Williams rushes for 150 yards. Two, Ian Book throws for 300 yards. Or three, Trevor Lawrence throws two picks.
2: Uh, okay. So, number one, one, number one of three. them doesn't make any sense. But <laughs> Trevor Lawrence throwing two picks, I, I think, would probably have the most impact on the game. Because, you know, let's say Dexter Williams breaks off a 97 yard run and then runs for 40 or yeah. you know, 54 yards on his other 29 carries or you know his other 20 carries. Like, I'm not sure how productive that would That's be. That's a good point. But the two picks, there's just no like, – that is huge regardless of when it happens in the game. Um, so I'd say for Notre Dame it would be three, Lawrence with two picks, and then Williams for 150 yards. Book throwing for 300 yards is probably going to happen anyway. It's academic. They might do nothing. For three yeah, and I loss. think he will yeah. throw
0: for three. That, that's why I, I, I like oh. always hesitate to say if they rush for 180. And I think I've said that about Clemson this week. You, the way you described it, Pete, exactly. I mean, it, it, it can be, Eight. it can be in large chunks, and then it kind of makes that number uh, immaterial.
1: If Dexter Williams rushes for 150, and Trevor Lawrence throws three picks. Then I really like Notre Dame's chances yeah, in this game because you know what those ninety-seven yard runs count too. People like to say
0: about the <laughs> yeah. long they, touchdown counts, man. They Instead do the count the passing game. <laughs> Factor thirty-seven. What is the one post-game stat that would indicate a Notre Dame victory on Saturday? Which is probably a good follow-up question for the previous one. Mm,
1: turnover differential, is in these games, would be it's three to one. Notre Dame forces three turnovers and commits one. I would think Notre Dame will win the game. Forty-five
2: rushing attempts for Notre Dame.
0: I like that. You I too, like that. I mean, that's... I like both of those. Um, I don't have a number. <laughs> I'm, I, I'm I'm delirious now too. There's I, six touchdown passes. I, my my too, travel wasn't 47. like o- 7.2 <laughs> net punting. <laughs> my, my travel hasn't been like O'Malley's, but I'm a little delirious too. quite By the frankly. way,
1: how set in our, how set in our ways are we right now? We couldn't just say yeah, six touchdown passes. You win games that way nowadays too. Well,
0: right? <laughs> that was like the story that I had the other day. Notre Dame will beat Clemson if and you know somebody if they score more okay. points than Clemson. Yes. We get that. Final question, DHS Spartan 1985. Given that we played Clemson at Clemson in a virtual draw in 2015 during a hurricane, monsoon, tropical storm, etc., why all the fear about the Tigers being so much better? While Clemson is certainly better than they were then, Notre Dame 2018 is significantly better than Notre Dame 2015. Neutral field, no weather issues. I think Notre Dame wins by two scores. Thoughts?
1: It's two field goals. I can see it. That's not two scores, okay, man. Well, no, they're not winning by two scores. I don't think was was going to win the game by two scores. No. They I mean, could. Anybody could do anything, <laughs> but I just like the I but, bet so much money when's that they doesn't time, win this game by 15 When's the or last time points.
0: Clemson lost by two scores?
1: Alabama last year in this game. Okay,
0: Alabama that's that's the one yeah, exception, yep, but I I was thinking about the first championship right. game. The Pittsburgh, Miami, no, no, those, were, those close. were close. Close, mm-hmm. it's so just Alabama. Once in, the, yeah, once in the last four years, and I don't know be, before that, they've West they've Virginia lost worked by, them pretty good. I think <laughs> I don't think those guys what are were anymore. That but was like went,
2: 2000, uh, Like two thousand 63 to seven or something. Yeah, I know
0: they got played off the field.
2: That, was, that was before Clemson was. Uh, Clemson. You know, I, mean,
0: and, I, I, just, I first of all, the whole two thousand fifteen stuff is totally meaningless. It doesn't it doesn't what happened then in, in this game I do you see any any bearing no, whatsoever no, I, I don't see any bearing whatsoever on this situation I think that the the
2: games that are more significant to, that basically are the same question as what this guy's trying to ask are Georgia last year, LSU last year those are games where Northern, especially Georgia they played a team that yeah, or, or Michi- Michigan this year uh, when they won. Those are games where Notre Dame played a very high caliber opponent, and it was it was close. Like that's, I mean, that's part of the reason why I think that this game will be close too. I don't know if they're going to win or lose, but I, I guess I would be shocked if they came out and it was a uh, Miami or Alabama. Why is the point
0: spread twelve? Why did Why did it open at eleven, go up to thirteen, and dip back down to twelve and a half? Why I think Why a is that? Of Notre Dame. I I don't want no, to answer. I don't, for I don't
1: that agree one. with it. I, I don't believe Notre Dame. I could see if Alabama was Notre Dame's opponent that that would be because that the point spread was going to be before Alabama looked mildly human. Yeah, that was easily going to be the point spread against everybody, and just because they looked mildly human against the hottest Georgia team of all time, the way they're playing doesn't mean yeah. they're they're early in the, the
0: of, season yeah. at Notre Dame. Okay, we are we've been incredibly lucky in this massive lo- uh, lobby here at the Omni where the, nobody has walked <laughs> by us. There's an echo in here, and I'm sure you're going to hear that. But we hear a sweeper coming down the hall. There's so like a I a line of people watching us, Tim. Yeah, like, right. a better picture right, here, right? Right. It's like a Duke basketball game. Yeah, just, right. <laughs> uh, so I think is a good time for us to, to cut it short. We are going to come back on Friday tomorrow uh, for another podcast. Anna Hickey from Clemson 24-7 will be here in at least in the first segment to talk. It'll give us a little bit more insight on Clemson. And uh, she is fully prepared to answer the question of whether she hates Notre Dame or not. And I, she she indicated <laughs> she just cringed if she hears this. Yeah, well, I mean, she indicated that to us today, so she she knows that that's, uh, that's that something she hates Notre <laughs> No, 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 that, that 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 topic would come up. So and puppies. Yeah, yes. And puppies too. Thanks for joining us. We'll be back on Friday for uh, our final podcast before Notre Dame takes on Clemson Saturday at AT and T Stadium. Irish Illustrated Insider is brought to you by.
3: Anderson, Augustino, and Keller Attorneys at Law, with offices in South Bend, Indiana, serving the local community's legal needs with a diverse and innovative group of lawyers. Let their team be your edge on legal matters. Contact the lawyers at Anderson, Augustino, and Keller at 574 288 1510, or visit their webpage at aaklaw.com.